Kathy Murtaugh Schaefer, and I'm your host for this episode of Heartbeats. This podcast is brought to you by Shipley Cardiothoracic Center, an educational series dedicated to providing our patients and the community with information and education about our cardiothoracic surgery program, Lee Health, and matters affecting your health. Today, we have a very special guest with us, Michael Caggiano, who was a patient here at Shipley. I invited him here today to share his story about his treatment for his lung cancer. Welcome, Mike. Thank you so much for joining me today. Maybe we can start by having you tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? What do you do? Etc. Oh, yeah, thanks. Uh, well, my name is Mike Caggiano. As you know, this all started uh, last year. I retired from Lee Health. I worked at Lee Health for 28 years. Oh, doing what? As a scrub tech. Oh, no kidding. And operating mm-hmm. mostly orthopedics. So I've been around healthcare. Mm-hmm. Uh, before that, uh, I was a professional carpenter. I had my own business and did carpentry work all over town. And uh, yeah, just saw the rigors of that. Uh, you know, I said, I might do something else. And, mm-hmm. and uh, ended up getting into the healthcare. So, uh, you know, it was- I very, didn't realize that. It was, yeah, it was, it was really amazing working in the operating room, working with these doctors, mm-hmm. uh, see how committed they were. And, uh, you know, luckily I enjoyed good health through all that. So, so anyway, so uh, last year I retired and some of the doctors that I worked with wanted me to work at their surgery center, mm-hmm. you know, PRN. So what happened was I went in, uh, you know, part of the application, you know, I had to go through physical right. and all that. So I did that and, uh, and I had to take a chest x-ray. And it had been probably a year maybe since I'd had a chest x-ray. and. Uh, and they found a spot. They said, oh, this huh. looks like cancer. So then it started all the MRIs, other tests. You PET know, scans. So they, and, yeah, they did yeah. the PET scan, the MRI. And, and I went and saw two uh, cancer specialists. And they would look at the MRIs and the PET scans. And, the, and they would stare at it intently. And they'd go, oh, <laughs> ooh, ooh. Oh, that's not a good feeling, is <laughs> I said, it? Hey, I'm over here, you know. <laughs> anyway, yeah, it was in a really bad spot, and it was wrapped around the coronary artery, and uh, you know they were pretty sure it was cancer, but they couldn't even get in there to take a biopsy. Mm-hmm. And I know what that's about. Sometimes, you know, in OR, you know, I would see it where it was so difficult to get something to get a piece of it that it really wasn't worth it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they just, like I said, I went to see two guys and they were both. Shaking their heads. Yeah, they're shaking their heads. So I said, well, well, you know, why don't I see a surgeon? And they recommended me to Dr. Duprane. And uh, thank God we did, you know, because that was a lifesaver. So I came in and saw Dr. Duprane and he did the same thing. Look at the MRIs. I have to say, you know, he looked at you. Oh, and shook his head too. Yeah, huh? it's in a bad spot. You know, blah blah blah. And he said, you know, I can go in there and you know try to take it out. Well, I know he was very concerned about the location of your cancer. 
when the two of you were talking, did you understand that there was a chance you could lose your entire lung? Oh, yeah. I told them right from the start. I said, I said, do whatever you have to do. I said, take out a piece of the lung, take out the whole lung, whatever you have to do, just do it. Mm-hmm. You know, but I like to, you know, the one shot, I said, because, you know, if it was, he said, he said, we're going to take out the lymph nodes first. He said, if the lymph nodes are positive, he said, I'll just close you up, you know. Mm-hmm. That's, right. He said, right. you know, that's pretty much, you just have to go to chemo and... Uh, radiation, yeah. Radiation, if you decide to go that route. And I wasn't sure that I wanted to do that. If mm-hmm. it was that far gone, I probably would have just stayed the course and mm-hmm. let, it, uh, let it run out because that really does, to me, you know, it seems that it's, it's just so hard on a person. I don't know if it's worth it. But... It depends on what you have to live for. <laughs> and so, yeah, I've had and, a pretty good life. And speaking of what to live for, I know you have a very special hobby that yep. you like to participate in. Yep. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Oh, diving. Uh huh. Well, I, I dive and I do carpentry. So I spearfish, and, and I love that. And uh, so that was one of the questions, you know, I asked Dr. Dufresne, you know, because he's a spear fisherman also, and he said, I said, well, I'll be able to dive after this. And he said, well, you know, of course, it depends on what happens, you know. Right, right. But uh, I talked to some friends of mine, and even with just one lung, I've got a friend that uh, his brother-in-law is playing tennis. He's doing all the things he mm-hmm. used to do mm-hmm. with just one lung. So I wasn't too worried about that. The body's know, pretty I, resilient. Yeah, yeah, I'm in pretty good health, and I know that you can build up that long mm-hmm. yeah and you know make it just you know make it a lot larger and you know so you have more air intake but uh, so I wasn't so much worried about that it was just you know you have any fear when you're going in there you don't know what you're going to wake up to right so, right what were your first thoughts after the operation my first thoughts after the operation was funny because uh, I woke up in the ICU, and they they had the tube in. Mm-hmm. They still had the you know the endotracheal, so they were pulling the tube out. And then another nurse was there, and she said, "Oh, I have your wife on the phone here, you know." And uh, you know, it was pretty sore, and uh, but I was feeling good, and I said, so I said, "I'm alive! <laughs> I'm alive!" <laughs> so everybody was laughing. Everybody you know? was and, happy, and yeah. I felt great, and I didn't notice any difference with my breathing mm-hmm. you know i mean you know of course there was a little bit of pain but you know they had me pretty much uh, pain free so ultimately though i know um from reading your report your operative report dr Dufresne was able to go in minimally invasive so he didn't have to open up your chest to do this right he got the lymph nodes your lymph nodes were negative right and then found that spot in your lung and was able just to take out the upper part of your lung right instead of your whole lung right you said you know i mean it was a, it was a long procedure i think I mean, I came in early. I think they started uh, around noon, one o'clock. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they operated for quite a while. So first, they went in and took the lymph nodes, and 
And after when I talked to Dr. Dufresne afterwards, he said, I just kept getting better and better. He said, they took the lymph nodes out and they were all clean. You know, well, first he went down the endotracheal tube, you know, he went and took a look mm-hmm. and everything to make sure it wasn't. Yep, he, he said, did, he he did said, what's yeah. called he said, a bronchoscopy. Mm-hmm. Then they took the lymph nodes. He said, those were all clear. You know, they had to wait for the results of those. And then he went in and did surgery and was able to take just the top part of the lung, mm-hmm. like you say. And then, you know, he had, uh, of course, that artery was was all wrapped around the artery, so he had to do some arterioplasty. Yep. You know, and thank God, you know, he's a miracle worker that he is because mm-hmm. he's able to do that. Look at his split. And, uh, and like I said, then they had me 6 o'clock, I think it was, uh, when they were pulling the tube out. Mm-hmm. About 6, maybe 6.30, and... Boom, you know, and I was breathing. I didn't notice any difference. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about your post-operative care? Now, I'm pretty sure that after your surgery, you had a chest tube in. Is that yes. correct? Yes. And once you got the tube, the endotracheal tube pulled, they sent you over to SPCU, our step-down unit. Right. And from there, what happened? Well, you know, like I say, all my care was exceptional, you know, all the way through. I really have to say, I went in two days before Christmas. So yeah, my surgery was the 23rd of December. So that night I slept pretty good, but I made a mistake. Uh, I told them uh, when they came in to give me meds, I said, no, I said, I don't want meds because I was worried about you know my bowels going mm-hmm. to sleep well little did i know they'd already put <laughs> all my intestines to sleep you mm-hmm. know the surgery being that long so you know and that's that's always kind of tough you know getting everything going again so so i told him i said yeah i don't want any meds you know i'll just take some aspirin and and that was fine for a day but i had a really hard time getting up moving around it was very painful mm-hmm. uh, I did it, but then I finally I got back on some medications so that I could move around better. Yeah. And, and you really want to move, so don't refuse any pain medication. Right, you right. Know, take them until, until you feel you can move, you know, and let them wean you off slowly. And I will tell you that first day, you probably didn't feel a whole lot of pain because they do what's called a a nerve block um, around your ribs where they make the incision. But after that nerve block wears off, you definitely are going to be uncomfortable. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And the the chest tube, you know, that was that was uncomfortable. You know, I had had some funny things happen, you know, because one time I got I got to go. I went to go up to go to the bathroom and the nurse had been in and she lifted my left hand rail and my tube was out the left side. Oh, did she catch it? So so I had to reach over the railing, you know, and get the rail down and I was struggling a little bit. And then I you know, I finally got up, went over to the toilet, which was pretty close by, you know, and you have to bring your your drain with you. The whole apparatus with you, yes, <laughs> so, indeed. So, so I went in there, and I'm peeing into just the urinal, you know, because they're keeping an eye on everything. The next thing I know, about six nurses came running into my room, you know, and, 
they thought I was dying. You know? Oh my goodness! You <laughs> yeah. must have set off yeah. some alarm. I set off all the alarms. Yeah. Maybe one of the leaves came yeah. off too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but it was kind of funny. You know, they were they were lickety split on the on the spot. On the That's yeah, good. Right That's there. good. Yeah. So. Anyways, yeah, moving around, I say, you know, make sure that you get all your pain medications. But, you know, another thing, make sure that as soon as you start to wean off of those, that you get, you know, after a couple of days, that you get stuff to get your intestines going mm-hmm. again because uh, that was also a problem. So, so I came home the day after Christmas, and I felt great. You know, I'd been walking around, or the staff was unbelievable. You know, especially working Christmas and, you know, over yeah, holidays, yeah. you know, it's tough. But they were never anything except excellent, you know. Excellent. Well, that's good to hear. Yeah, everybody. So, so anyway, so we came home and I felt great and I was eating well and, uh, and I knew I still had to go. And I still had, I went a little bit in the hospital and had them give me, uh, suppository and I should have done more I should have taken some liquid but I didn't so I got home the 24th and my home health team came in to mm-hmm. see me mm-hmm. and uh, of course my uh, my home health care nurse you know the physical therapist nurse she said she graded me and had me get up and out of the chair and do all the things that you have to do. And she said, "She said, well, I don't know how to grade you because uh, you're already doing what you're supposed to do, right? What, what, you, <laughs> what we asked for when you're cured." So, so she said, "This will be our last visit. I'll mm-hmm. be fine." And then I saw the other nurse, and uh, you know, of course, there was a big clot coming out of my uh, tube site, and it was, it was about an inch long. I told him, I said, well, just cut it off. I said, it's just a clot. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, I can't do that. <laughs> I said, oh, whatever. So he put a bandage over it, and I had to cut it off later. But, you know, it's just that big clot hanging yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's it not was, unusual. I was just glad to get that tube, tube out. out. Yeah. People but, complain the most about that chest tube. Yeah, and it, and it bled for probably a week yeah. after surgery. yeah. So, you know, I had to keep stuff on that, you know. You must have been incredibly relieved to find out that you had had a surgical cure and that you weren't going to need chemotherapy or radiation. Yeah, well, I didn't really know at first. I, you know, Dr. Dufresne came in and he said, yeah, he said, the lymph nodes are clear. We got everything out with you know, he didn't say that we he had it out with margins, but you know that was probably he had to wait for that result mm-hmm. a little bit later. Yep. So I didn't find out about that until about a week later. But yeah, the way I felt and the way everything was going, I you know I was you know incredibly relieved. Yeah, and uh, you know it was a miracle. So it was a Christmas miracle, you know. Really, Miracles uh, do exist. Yes, yes. Well, I yeah. had a lot of people praying for mm-hmm. me. They really did, you know. And uh, that worked. So, anyways, yeah, just, I think, uh, once I got, the funny thing about the the bowels is, is, is I took a, I don't know, I took a slow-acting, uh, 
the laxative. Laxative, yeah, mm-hmm. that's the word. I took a slow-acting laxative, and I, and at the end of that, the day after Christmas, the end of the twenty-sixth, I was really, really starting to feel bloated because mm-hmm. you know, I couldn't go, and it was starting to hurt. You know, I was pushing up against the lung, and uh, and I was saying, oh, geez, I hope I don't have to go in and have them do something. You know, I said it's not, you know, so. So I think it was 11 o'clock, I took more laxatives, and... Oh, dear. Yeah, yeah, yeah at midnight, uh-huh. uh, yeah, I got yeah. relief, thank yeah. God, you know. And that was, that was all it took, because I'd been eating, and then, you know, the food was building up, and I couldn't go, mm-hmm. and, you know, it was, that was Yeah, it's, very, it's a terrible feeling, yeah. Yeah, and I just didn't want to have to go in an emergency situation. Sure, sure. So luckily I didn't have to. But, you know, I can't stress how important those laxatives are. <laughs> yeah. Well, narcotics are well known yeah. to slow things down. And then on top of that, anesthesia does the same thing. So what you're describing is something that we know happens and we expect right. it to happen. And right. It's just convincing our patients that you really do yeah. need to take this medicine. Absolutely, absolutely. That's very important. Uh, can't stress that enough. So March 23rd is a special date. Oh my God. Right? Yeah, yeah. Well, and can you tell us what that date means to you? Well, it's, it's you know, I mean, it saved my life, you know, Dr. Dufresne and all the staff and OR, you know, everybody, you know, they saved my life. And, and it was because of the early detection and, and the, like I said, the reason I got that early detection was it was kind of a fluke because I decided to work PRN. Right, and right. And so I told the doctors that asked me to work PRN, uh, uh, Ron Gardner and uh, Dr. Pfeiffer and uh, a couple of mm-hmm. Dr. Gomez, uh, you know, they kind of saved my life. Uh, right, by asking me right. To work there, you know, because it may have gone undetected. Mm-hmm. So, so I would just say to anybody, you know, at least have a chest x-ray once a year. Well, I think that's the moral of the story is that... And a chest x-ray is cheap. You don't have to have an MRI. You, don't have to, you know, they're going to spot it with a chest x-ray. Mm-hmm. So. And I think the new recommendations that have come out just this past year is that anybody 50 and older who has a history of smoking should get a yearly CAT scan. And yeah. um, the, that's what... Um, it was at 55, it was age 55, and now they've lowered it to 50 because we know that just like you, if we can catch a cancer early, particularly lung cancer, we can save lives. It's once that cancer gets spread into the lymph nodes, that's when disasters start to happen. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, so the preventative, part of this is that, you know, I can't emphasize that enough, you know. Did you have a history of smoking, Mike? I smoked when I was younger, but I quit, I'm going to say I was 31, Mm. so I'm 66 now. Yeah, so 30 years ago. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, it was a long, long time ago. Now, I know a lot of people that haven't smoked ever. Right. Yeah. And have had lung cancer. Yep, and, that's true. Uh, 
now I was able to go back to the gym like January 1st. Mm-hmm. I, went, I went to dad or January 2nd, I think. I, was, I started back at the gym. And and I was talking with some of the guys that I know there, you know, just from going to the gym. And, and they said, you know, they had a buddy that had the same thing, had a little lung cancer. And, uh, you know, he's no longer with us. Oh, my. Yeah, you know, killed him quickly. You know, they said, well, he didn't really take care of himself well. And, and, but I don't think that had a lot to do with it. I think just got detected too late. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So early just, detection in lung cancer is the is the key. There's yeah, no my, question. My quality of life has been uh, every bit as good as it was before the surgery. Now, and you know, I've been diving. And yeah, that's why I asked you boat, about you know. that's why I asked you about March 23rd because uh, in your chart March 23rd is the date that you're supposed to be able to start diving again but it sounds like you went a little earlier than that <laughs> it's, it's all good yeah you know I mean I, I think that all depends on how you feel you know I mean the soft tissue healing yeah. What do they say it, six weeks? Mm-hmm. Six to eight weeks, yeah, yeah. Six to eight weeks on soft tissue healing. So so beyond that, you know, you pretty much how you feel and you know And there's I, the wonderful part about minimally invasive surgery is we don't have to go in there and break any ribs in order to get where we need to be. Yeah, exactly. Having having those scopes go in and give us sight instead of actually visualizing the what we're operating on, it's it's a miracle having having minimally invasive surgery and how quickly you're back up and moving around again. Yeah. Yeah, this, this would have been a whole different story if they had to take a rib out or even, you know, possibly crack the chest, you know, mm-hmm. like they do in heart surgery and some lung surgeries, you know, yep. it's, uh, you know, yeah, it's crazy, uh, the techniques and stuff that Dr. Dufresne has, and his confidence is just amazing, uh, you know, it's just, I'm just really lucky to have him, yeah. really was, and, and the whole team, like I said, the whole hospital, you know, the anesthesiologist, everybody was, uh, Exemplary, you know, and I've been around OR, and I, you know, so yeah. So you know what you know so what I, you're talking about. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know outstanding work. What I see, yeah, and, and, yeah, and everything was outstanding. Well, so I'm, I'm just gl- very grateful, and all I can say to anybody out there, at least it checks the X-ray every year. Yeah, and, you know, and, and maybe you know an MRI, certainly can save your life. I think the the moral of the story is make sure you follow with a primary care physician on a yearly basis, get a physical, get a chest x-ray, and and then whatever other recommendations that are out there. I mean, a chest x-ray, colonoscopy, um, blood work, those are bare minimums that people need to do because again, catching cancer early is life-saving. Well, I'm living proof, you know, they saved my life. And I, I can't tell you how shocked that all my friends were in the operating room when I went up to visit them a week later after my surgery. Ah, I bet they were. <laughs> I bet they, they were. They said, oh my God, you're, you're walking around. <laughs> I said, yep, 
I said, I'm trying to get around as best I can. I mean, and I came up the stairs too. So, <laughs> well, I am really glad the angels were with you. Yeah. Well, I am too, and I think, like I said, Dr. Dufresne, the, the Shipley uh, Cardiothoracic uh, Institute here is in. It's an amazing group, and uh, they just. You know, I just, uh, they saved my life. So what can I say? You know, I just, you know, I was really, really lucky. So, you know, just try to be lucky yourself and uh, right. get that. Sometimes we make our own luck, don't we? Get that preventative. Uh, yeah. Surge, you know, that preventative uh, x-ray, MRI, whatever. And thanks a lot. Mike, I'm really happy for you, and um, I'm so glad you came in today. This is a great story. Until next time, I'm Kathy Murtaugh Schaefer, and this has been Heartbeats, Shipley Cardiothoracic Center's podcast dedicated to bringing research, innovation, and education to our patients and the community.